Well, welcome again. Thanks for um, being here. Um, just a quick note, after worship service, youth Bible study classes will be meeting. Harvest 201 will be meeting. But before that, for the adults, we'll stay in here uh, to get some instructions about um, our retreat um, immediately following our worship service. So please do stick around. This weekend, we've had the privilege uh, five times to hear uh, from Pastor Sean McBride. This will be the third time, right? So this is right in the middle. Uh, the first couple times, we've been uh, just so blessed and encouraged. I've uh, shared some, uh, some brief snippets and, and thoughts and summaries of what um, I, I think God's been doing in us in the letter that I wrote, so please read that um, sometime later if you haven't read that already. Pastor Sean is uh, the founder, the director of Truth for Youth Ministries America. That's their website, Truth for Youth. Um, he's preached to over 500,000 people in, uh, all over the world in different contexts, in school chapel services, graduation services, uh, retreats, conferences, discipleship weekends, church services, all kinds of things like that. Um, and he's here with us for the third time. We've had him uh, for, for uh, a couple of different occasions. And some of our uh, key leaders here in our congregation now um, have sat under his teaching for many years back and, and still can remember and talk about some of the blessings that they've received as a result of him opening up the Word of God to us in those times past. He is married to Michelle, and he's got five children. His passion is for the next generation, but he's also, as he uh, planted and, and served faithfully as a lead pastor at New Life uh, Church in Bowie, has um, extensive experience, especially working with families and with adults and with teens. Um, his heart beats um, to love the Lord God with everything within him. And a dear brother of mine, so excited um, not only to hear him preach, but just to spend time with him. And I'm excited for our adults as we get to hang out with him um, at our retreat as well. So let's give a warm harvest welcome, Pastor Sean McBride. Can everybody hear me okay now? All right, all right. Well, thank you, Pastor, for that very uh, warm introduction. And I am uh, so very uh, thankful and so very honored that um, the Lord has allowed our paths to cross, allowed our paths to cross. And uh, church, I just, um, I just feel like saying that uh, it is so uh, important that you always thank God for your shepherd. You always... Thank God and celebrate God for your shepherd because shepherds are gifts to the body of Christ. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about shepherds. He used a lot of analogies and illustrations in the Bible about shepherds. And so I just love and applaud uh, your pastor. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in me. And I'm so appreciative uh, to be here this morning. Um, if uh, you've been here over the last couple of nights, I trust that your heart's have been blessed. I trust that uh, your lives are being enriched. And it is my prayer that uh, when we hear the word of God, that we would do more than just hear the word of God, but that we would become doers of the word. Can I get an amen? I would love to stay in touch with you via social media. I would love to be your Facebook friend, your Twitter follower. I'll follow you. 
as long as you don't lead me astray. All right? You follow me. I promise not to lead you astray. And so hope to see you on Twitter and Instagram. You can see pictures of me, my family, my wife, my children. And uh, so I hope to stay in touch with you there. I'm, I'm regularly posting things that um, uh, just to try to encourage people. I think the world is full of a lot of negativity. I just want to be a positive force in the world and sharing God's word and sharing truth is going to help people. And uh, so, so would love to be with you on social media. All right. I want to, I want to look at a verse this morning that's uh, sort of discreetly hidden in the old Testament. Uh, the verse is found in the book of numbers, the book of numbers. And I want to pull it up on the screen. It's, it's, it's one, one simple verse that's just rich with knowledge and truth and information. It's found in the book of Numbers chapter 14. And I would like for us to read this verse together. Numbers chapter 14, all together. My servant Caleb. Now come on, we can do a little bit better than that reading the word of God. Come on, all together. Come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. Let's read the word of the Lord together. Ladies only. Come on. That's so sweet. Come on, fellas, in that deep Sunday morning, 11 o'clock voice. Let's go. Yeah, this is the Lord speaking and really summarizing the life of one of his followers. Caleb, Caleb, and God summarizes his life by simply saying, I applaud and I appreciate Caleb really for two things. The text says he's different and he's committed. He's different and he's committed. I wonder, could God say that about you in summation of your life? Could God, could God say, my servant, you fill in your name, is different and totally committed? If God cannot say that about us as his followers, I suspect that we're missing the mark. In fact, I want to tell you the story about a television show I used to watch all the time. In fact, some of you have probably seen this television show. It's a show called Smile. You're on candid camera. It's a television show that's been around since the 50s. And it's a show where they play practical jokes on unsuspecting people with hidden cameras. In fact, most of the modern day hidden camera prank shows got their origin in this show, Candid Camera. It's been around a long time. So they hide cameras and they set people up because they want to see how people will react in certain situations. So on one particular show, they put a some hidden cameras in an elevator. And they told 10 people, they said, listen, We want you 10 people to get on the elevator and we want you all to face the back wall. So get on the elevator and and, and, and I want all 10 of you to face the back wall. Because we're going to see 
How many people are going to get on the elevator and face the back wall? So the 10 got on and they're facing the back wall. The elevator goes to the first floor. The person would get on and they would hit their button and they'll look around. And they would face the back wall. Elevator goes to the second floor. The person would get on, hit the button, look around, and 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 with a sense of wonder and amazement and kind of, huh? Okay. And they would face the back wall. Floor after floor after floor, people would get on. And in their eyes, and as you look at them, you know that they the right thing to do, face the door. Face the buttons. But the pressure from the crowd is so strong. The pressure from the crowd is so great that every person they got on, they, oh, well, everybody's doing it. Oh, well, I don't, I don't want to be the oddball. Oh, well, if they're facing the back wall, it must be right. I'm going to face the back wall too. And what baffled me about the episode, I'm sitting there thinking, didn't anyone understand that the right thing to do is to face the door? Did, did anyone understand that just because a group of people are facing a back wall, that we don't necessarily have to face a back wall? And as I'm watching it, I'm saying, oh my goodness, this is precisely, I believe, what God's word teaches about being different. In fact, if you would have gotten that elevator, would you have pushed the button and said, what's wrong with you idiots? Turn around. Or would you have caved slowly to the pressure? Maybe, maybe some of you would have gotten on and saw it and said, well, well, I'm I'm going to turn halfway around. I'm not going to go all the way. Maybe, maybe some of you would have said, okay, well, you know, the right thing to do is to face the door, but, you know, I'll turn three quarters of the way around. I suspect if Caleb would have got on that elevator, he would have hit the button and looked around and said, hey, idiots, the door is this way. <laughs> Hello. Why are you facing a back blank wall? Turn around, Caleb, because he was different, would not have been like everybody. And Harvest, I want to declare to you this morning as your brother in Christ, that one of the biggest challenges that we're facing as the body of Christ, young and older, is fitting in with the crowd. One of the challenges and, and temptations that you and I face is, are we going to do what everybody else is doing? Are we going to follow the crowd or are we going to stand out and be different? And I want to remind you today that God's desire for your life is for you to be different. God has not saved you to fit in. He saved you to stand out. He's not saved you to go with the flow. He has saved you to go against the flow. And the very nature, the very fact that you are a believer in Christ suggests that you should be different. This is why Paul told us in Romans 12, don't. Be conformed to this world, 
Don't let this world slowly squeeze you into its mold. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change your mindset. Because the mindset that says everybody's doing it is not a true mindset. Because everybody's not doing it. This is why I love in the Bible the story of those teenage boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh my goodness, do you remember in the book of Daniel when the Bible speaks about those teenagers? The very fact that King Nebuchadnezzar and everybody in the kingdom was bowing down and worshiping false gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, "Uh uh-uh, we're different. See, that's why you got to have in your life some friends around you who have your same values, who share your same values. Because if you got people around you in your inner circle who lack integrity, who lack character, who lack morals, then eventually that will begin to rub off on you. That's why I tell people all the time, you can be a beautiful flower, a beautiful rose, but if you surround yourself with weeds, it's only a matter of time before you get choked to death. You got to beware the company you keep. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with a decision. Do we follow the crowd? Do we go with the flow? Or do we stand up for what we believe? And the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel, that if they did not follow the king's order, they would get thrown into a fiery furnace. Bible tells us, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, look at here. We're going to do it God's way. If we got to go to the fiery furnace, if we got to lose our lives, if we got to if we got to be destroyed to honor God then that's what we do. You see the problem in America is we're so used to comfort. We we're so used to to just making ourselves feel good. We we're so used to pleasure. We're so used to flesh and focusing on ourselves. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said, "No. What's more important is that we learn to stand for God. We're not going to turn around. We're going to stand for God. If you got to throw us in the fire, throw us in the fire, but we're going to be different." What about you? What about you? Can you honestly say, Brother Sean, different? I'm different. We live in a world today. Everybody's trying to squeeze us into being the same. We're we we live in this Plato Christian world, if you will. Where we're like Plato, we're being molded and formed. Don't be, being a Christian is not, you got, if you're going to be Plato, you better be sure God is molding you. If you're going to be a Plato Christian, you better be sure that God is shaping you and not this world. He says, my servant Caleb, my servant Caleb has a different spirit. He's not like everybody else. He's unique. He doesn't follow the crowd. Thought to myself, what? What made Caleb different? What? What? What caused God to say this about Caleb? How? Because because if Caleb could do this and live this kind of life, maybe I can too. And as I read Numbers fourteen and Numbers thirteen and Numbers fifteen chapters surrounding it. 
what I discovered about Caleb blew me away. First of all, Caleb had something that we call courage. Somebody say courage. Courage, courage. Caleb, the reason that he was able to be different is because he had a lot of courage, courage. And, and, and I think that's that's the problem today. We we, we call ourselves Christians. We, we, we believe in Jesus. We sing songs about Jesus as long as we're in the comfort of the church and around, you know, people that think like us and believe like us and pray like us and eat kimchi like us. But when we leave, we lose courage because we don't want to be alone. Can I tell you that more than praying for money for school and resources for your family and some of these worldly things that we pray for, can I tell you that what we got to pray for is courage? Can I tell you what this generation needs probably more than anything is courage? Courage to say no when everybody else around you is saying yes. Courage to follow God even though nobody else around you is following God. Courage, courage to say no when your friends offer you the drugs. Courage to say no when the boy or that female wants to take your body to pleasure it for itself. Courage to say no against the temptations that come against your flesh, the temptations to sin against God. The courage, the boldness, the tenacity, the unmitigated goal to say no, I'm different. We need courage because we live in a world today we got a lot of Christian punks. Christian punk, that's an oxymoron. How can you be a Christian and a punk at the same time? That's an oxymoron. That's like saying something is bittersweet. What? Or a crash landing, huh? Try ice. What? Are you kidding? That's an oxymoron. No, no, no. The very nature of a Christian who has a relationship with Christ, the very, the very nature of that relationship begs courage. Why? Because Christ was courageous. And the closer we stay to him, the more we become like him. You see, courage, can I help you, family? Courage is not the absence of fear. You can be a courageous person even with butterflies in your stomach. You can be a courageous person even with your heart beating fast. But courage says, in spite of my fears, in spite of my heart beating fast, in spite of my, 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 my timidness, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do what's right. That's courage. So sometimes instead of having courage, when we get around certain people, let go. I'll follow the crowd. Do what everybody else is doing. All my friends are using profanity, so I'm going to use profanity too. My friends are cheating, so I'm going to cheat too. My friends hang out on these websites, so I'm going to do the same too. Why? Because I don't have courage. 
I don't have courage to stand up for what I believe. I don't have courage to stand up for what is right. I don't have courage to do what I know God wants me to do. Church, we got to pray for courage. We got to pray for boldness. We need a generation of people, of men and women who are bold for Christ. Do you know what happened to the church? The first church, when the Holy Spirit came down, when the power of the Holy Spirit came down, his power came down so strong that he began to fill the people with boldness, courage. Peter and James and John and these unlearned, uneducated disciples, when people would encounter them, believe courage is on their lives. They're not educated. How can they be so courageous? And the only conclusion that people could come up with, they must have been with Jesus. See, when you be with Jesus, when you spend time with Jesus, when you walk with Jesus, when you stay tight with Jesus, when you stay close with, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship. When you spend time with Jesus, when your life is consumed with Jesus, when you're intimate with Jesus and your mind is thinking about the words of Jesus and your heart is passionate about Jesus, something happens and it's called the fullness of the Holy Spirit and he gives you courage. He'll give you so much courage. You'll begin to witness to your friends he'll give you so much courage when you stick close to him you'll begin to say things on Facebook people looking at you like I said last night why is it that we live in a world in this time in society where everybody that chooses to be a homosexual they're coming out the closet and they want the world to know I'm a homosexual I want to get married. This is who I am. I was born this way. And millions and millions and millions of homosexuals are coming out the closet declaring, this is who I am. And Christians can't even share John 3.16. Christians can't even walk across the room and give somebody a hug. Christians are too scared to post on Twitter and social media what they believe in. If the world is coming out, church, it's time for us to come out. If the world is being bold, how much more bolder do we have to be? How much more passionate and into the things of God should we be? Somebody say, God, give me courage. God, give me boldness. Courage. Boldness. I think about courage. Two stories come to mind. The first story is someone who lacked courage. That lion in the Wizard of Oz. Have you seen the Wizard of Oz? It's that show that came on where Dorothy and the witch, two women, are fighting over some shoes. I want the shoes. No, I want the shoes. No, I want the shoes. Give me the flats. No, I want the heels. They're fighting over shoes. And this little girl, Dorothy, is taking a walk with her pretty little slippers on. And she's going to see the wizard. And on her way, she meets a scarecrow who needs a brain and a tin man. Oil? Oil? What do you need? Heart! 
<laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> and she meets, she meets a lion who needs what? What? He needs what? Are you kidding me? He needs what? Come on. A lion needs what? I mean, you would think a lion, uh, get out of here. A lion need, uh, is a punk? What? A lion is afraid? Huh? Did you see the lion? This this big old big lion hiding behind a teenage girl. Dorothy, I am so scared. Dorothy, I am such a punk. Dorothy, I, Dorothy, protect. What is wrong with you? It doesn't make sense for a lion not to have courage. It 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 is unfathomable. No courage. You're hiding behind a girl. If you were a real lion, you would eat Dorothy and her little dog Toto. No, he lacked courage. And that's a lot of Christians I know. You scared. We serve the God of the universe. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who was raised from the dead and we don't have power? Are you kidding? You see, that lion lacked courage, but when I think about a courageous lion, no, 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 no. But before I move on, hold on, slow down, slow down, brother Sean, slow down. Let me tell you about another lion who didn't have courage. Simba in the Lion King. What a little furball. (laughs) Simba. He had destiny and greatness written all over him. His father was courageous, wasn't he? Mufasa, you remember Mufasa? He would come to the edge of the cliff. Man, and all the animals would bow down. <laughs> yeah, Mufasa represents courage. His son, for the furball. <laughs> Simba's supposed to be king. He's supposed to take over Pride Rock. He's supposed to lead the next generations of lions and lionesses and monkeys and animals in the kingdom. He's running around singing Akuna Matata with Pumbaa and Timon. He's supposed to eat them. Thank you. He's supposed to be eating Pumbaa and Timon. He's singing songs. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. What is wrong with you? See, Simba had gotten so comfortable with Pumbaa and Timon. He got so comfortable eating leaves and bugs. He lost focus. You better be careful about getting so comfortable and so close with certain people that you lose your ability to influence them, that you lose your ability to transform their lives. Rafiki the monkey had to take Simba on a walk. Had to get Simba reunited with his father. His father came in a vision and said, boy, that's my interpretation, boy, You better remember who you are. I'm your father. I said, you 
are my son. What was Mufasa saying? You're going to be connected to me. Got to have courage. If you're going to be connected to me, don't be scared of your uncle Scar. He doesn't have a job anyway. You can beat him, you know. Simba, when he heard, it was only when Simba got in touch. It was only when he got the connection with his dad who came in a resurrection after that moment Simba got that eye of the tiger when you're ready when you're ready he was ready. Why? Because he got in touch with his father. The closer, church, the closer you get in touch with your father, the more you get in touch with your father, the more time you spend in the presence of your father. Just watch how his spirit comes on you and gives you boldness and courage to do what you could not normally do by yourself. But listen to what I'm saying. Caleb has a different spirit. Caleb is not like everybody else. <clears throat> when I think about Caleb, I try to think in the Bible, who else? Who else had this courage? David, a teenager. A freaking teenager. Fighting this huge giant Goliath. David, this little scrubby shepherd boy. Nobody else wanted to fight Goliath. Why? They were scared. They were timid. Oh, he's too big. He's too strong. He's a giant. Then David heard that Goliath was talking about his God. When David heard that Goliath was saying this, this different things, hurtful things and hatred things about his God, David said in the words of Popeye, I stood all I can stands and I can't stands no more. He don't need no spinach. David just needed to get in touch with his God. And David said, I will fight you. And not only will I fight you, I will beat you and I will cut your head off. And the ravens in the air will eat your flesh and eat your body and eat your meat. Yeah. I'm like, go ahead, David. Go ahead, my man, David. He wasn't scared. David, this teenager, was courageous. Why? He's a teenager. Saw the king. He's a punk. I don't want to fight you. No, I don't want to put myself out in the suit. David, it gave him courage. This is not rocket science, church. He was connected. He was connected. That's what I told you on Friday night. You don't stay connected to God in his book. <laughs> if you don't stay connected to the scriptures, it's going to be hard. If you don't stay connected through prayer, connected on your knees, seeking his face every day, seeking his power every day, seeking his presence every day, you won't have that courage. You see, you need to be so courageous because there's some people 
that's following you on Facebook. They are waiting for you to take a stand. You've been silent long enough. You've been in the closet long enough. Now it's time to go on social media and proclaim what you know is true. Proclaim the word of God. Woe unto them, God says, who call light darkness and darkness light who call evil good and good evil it's time for the christians to stand up and say i know who i believe and i am persuaded that he is able to keep me i am persuaded that he's able to fill me with his power with his spirit and use me to be a bold bright light that's shining and blazing in the lives of people who are living in darkness courage it's what made Caleb different Courage. You know what courage looks like? Let me talk to some of you young people. Courage says, I'm willing to apologize to my parents if I'm in the wrong. Courage. That awkward, I posted on Facebook yesterday that awkward moment when you're arguing with your parents and know you're dead wrong and you keep on arguing. Courage says, I'm sorry. It's not called being weak. It's called being strong. It's called being mature. It's called growing up. Courage. Courage says, I'm going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to do what's right in spite of whoever else is doing what's wrong because I'm courageous. Courage says, I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing just for the sake of doing it. Courage says, if I'm going to be the leader of the orchestra, I got to have the ability to turn my back on the crowd. Courage. The ability to turn my back on the crowd. So I can lead. Because if you're ever going to be a leader, you can't always follow the crowd. Courage. Courage. To chart the course that God has for my life. To be the person that God has called me to be. Courage. Courage. Courage to delete certain music out of my iPod because you know and I know that that music is trash and that music is, some of that music is pulling you away from God. So what? We get drunk. So what? We smoke weed. We're just having fun. Who cares who we, what, who, 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 you know the words. God cares. God cares. God cares. His eyes are going to and fro across the planet looking for those who are living an upright life. God cares. If you're getting your theology from little Wheezy, you in trouble. If your truth is coming from 2 chains, an ASAP Rocky who looks like he works at the Olive Garden or Harriet Tubman, either one of those. If your truth is coming from Miley Cyrus, you're in trouble. If the model and example for your life is found in Justin Weed smoking Bieber, you're in trouble. Courage says, while I appreciate the talents of these people and I celebrate their talents, I'm not going to follow their example. I'm not going to let Jay-Z lead me astray. 
Yeah, his wife is hot, yes. His wife is hot, yes. I'm not going to let him lead me astray. But maybe you need to have the courage to look in your playlist. It's getting hot in here, but look in your playlist. were leading me astray. Did you know that what comes into your ears, what you hear, has the ability to affect your mind? And what you think will eventually become your words. And your words will eventually become your actions. Your actions will eventually become habits. Habits always turn into character. And character at the very end becomes destiny. And it all started with what you listen to in your ears. Oh, you gotta have courage. Oh, you're gonna be the oddball. Oh, 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 you're, oh, you're really, oh, you're really, oh, you're, oh, yes, yes, they will talk about you. Yes, people will think you weird. They thought Jesus was weird. Join the crowd. (laughs) They thought Jesus was strange. You're not a Facebook status. You can't be waiting around for people to like you. You Got to be different. Somebody say be different. Let me bring this thing in for a landing because I could speak for the whole weekend. My servant Caleb was, the Bible says, has a different spirit. And in conclusion... Follows me, what? He follows me on Sundays only, right? He follows me occasionally. He follows me when it's convenient. He follows me only when it doesn't require a sacrifice. He follows me only if his friends are following. Is that what it says? Follows me only when it feels good. No, no, that's not the Hebrew word. Let's see. He follows me wholeheartedly. Follows me with everything he's got. That's commitment. You know what following God wholeheartedly means? I'll tell you. The other day for breakfast, the other day, I had bacon and eggs for breakfast. And I saw what this meant wholeheartedly. Bacon and eggs. The eggs were laid by a chicken who only had a half-hearted commitment. Drop the eggs, keep on going. The bacon came from a pig that says, I'm willing to give my life, I'm willing to give my everything so that that black man can eat some bacon. That's commitment. So the question becomes, are you a chicken or are you a pig? <laughs> and some of you here, turkey bacon. <laughs> no, no, that's commitment. Actually, turkey bacon. Yeah, you had to kill the turkey. Yeah, anyway. So, all right. Okay, next illustration. Okay. Um, <laughs> commitment. Somebody say commitment. 
Imagine if you went to your favorite shoe store and bought your favorite sneakers, your favorite wedge heel, your favorite slip-on shoe, your favorite pump, ladies, your favorite, your, your, your favorite, favorite, favorite red bottom shoe. And you get the box home and you open it up and there's only you will immediately get angry and call the store and talk to them in Korean to let them know your displeasure and that you are on your way back to the store because you didn't pay for half a shoe. Where's my other shoe? I want the whole thing. Imagine if you go to Best Buy and buy your favorite CD, your favorite Carrie Underwood, she put it safe. CD. She got 15 songs on the track, and you get it home, and you pop it into your computer, and, and, and you're listening. And right in the middle of seven and a half songs, it cut off and says, this is the end. You only got half the CD. What are you going to do? You're going to be mad. You're going to be livid. You're going to be angry. Why? Because you want the whole thing. What if you go to the movies? And you pay good money and you buy popcorn and Skittles and Twizzlers. And you're in there and you're eating and you're watching the movie. And right in the middle of the movie, before he gets shot, the movie cuts off. You're going to be mad. You're going to look up there and say, cut the movie back on. Cut it on. Why? Because you paid for a whole movie. I wonder sometimes how disappointed the Lord gets when we serve him half-heartedly, when we serve him occasionally, when we give him a little bit here and a little bit there. Are you listening to me, church? What I'm simply saying is Caleb was different because he was fully, he was fully, fully, totally committed. He was all in. No matter what. No matter what. Let me show you this. I got to go. Pull up that next slide. Can we dim the lights a little bit? I want to show you this quick story and I'm done. Let me cut those lights off in the back real quick. I want you to see this. I'm dark skinned. I want you to be able to see me. (laughs) You see me there? So pastor, pastor, I went, uh, I think last summer, I went whitewater rafting for the first time. And I know there's a reason they call it white (laughs) water. (laughs) Because I've never seen black people go whitewater rafting. (laughs) So I'm on the boat with my white buddies out in Oregon. I'm hanging out with some teenagers. They invited me to speak and they say, hey, Pastor Sean, let's go whitewater rafting. I said, sure. You do it as white people, why not? Let me give it a try. So I got on the boat and we're going down the river. Go to the next slide. And look at this boat hits, it hits the, if you've ever been whitewater rafted, you know what I'm saying, it hits the current. Boom. Go to the next slide. Boom, we doing a wheelie. The water is raging. The water is going fast. And we're in the boat and we're coming out this wheelie. We're coming up and they go to the next slide. Boom. Next one, please. Boom. 
Houston, we have a problem. to the white people on the boat. We're losing connection fast. Go to the next one. Boom. Go to the next one. Help! 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 White people don't leave me out here. I'm so sorry. I'm not a racist. I love everybody. I love white people. I love Korean people. I love Asian people. I love everybody. Help me. As you can see, I survived. <laughs> I got to thinking recently, who was taking the pictures? I, did, I just thought about that. Why did they throw in a life preserver to help me? I had one on, but I'm about to drown, man. So let me tell you what ends up happening. This this, I don't know who's taking the pictures, but watch a second. And so, the boat, you got to get this picture. Get this picture. Cut, cut the light back on so you can see me. See? So the boat, so I'm in the water, and this is like a second. The boat shh, goes by me because we're, we're in the river. The current, the current is flowing. Shh. I'm in the water. I start to go with the current. Ah! I'm flowing. And as I'm flowing with the current, the water is moving rapidly. It's just moving. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want to die. And I, and all of a sudden, I somehow or another, I go past the boat. The boat is off to the side. And I'm still going downstream. I turn around. I'm like, ah! Everything within me said, you're not going to die like this. As I was going downstream, God is my witness. I turned around somehow or another and started to swim <laughs> against the current. I, I'm, I'm, the, the water is raised. Every time I would move forward, it would pull me back. And I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm trying to get up there. And I'm, and I'm tired because I'm trying to get back to the boat that's parked on the side. And I'm going. And every time I would go, I'd come back because it's so tough. It's so difficult because the stream is coming against me. It's coming against me with rage. It's coming against me so powerfully. But I kept going. I didn't give up. And I finally made it back to the boat. And I said, I'm suing all of y'all. <laughs> I said, I'm rich. <sighs> And I survived, thank the Lord. But what I thought afterward, I thought about the fact that that experience is precisely what our Christian lives look like. You see, the world that we live in has a flow. And the world says, do it this way and go this way and do what everybody else is doing and just roll with the flow. But God says, no, I don't want you to roll with the flow and follow the crowd. I want you to turn around and I want you to swim upstream. But it's difficult. Keep Just keep swimming. Just keep. But it's tough. Just keep swimming. But it's hard. Just keep swimming. But nobody else is swimming. I'm going to give you power to swim. Just keep swimming against the flow. Sometimes you fail and get pushed back, but you keep swimming. Sometimes you fail and go back a little bit more, but you keep swimming.
and you keep swimming and you swim long enough that you finally reach the point that God wanted you to reach. Got to go not easy. And this is why most Christians just say, forget it. I'm going to ride the current. I want all of you young people to hear me. This school year, 2013, 2014 school year, you've got to say, I'm no longer going to just ride the current. I'm going to turn around. I'm going against the flow. I don't care who talks about me. I don't care what they say about me. I don't care how they act. I'm going against the flow because that's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning What's it going to be? Are you going to be courageous? Are you going to be different? Are you going to be committed? And be all that God wants you to be. Let me pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for power. Thank you for your help. Thank you for being with me. I shared your truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, give us the spirit of Caleb. I pray for the spirit of Caleb to come into this place that spirit that's different, that spirit that's committed. God, we pray that our lives would be summed up by you like you summed up Caleb. God, you would give us the courage to go against the flow, courage to be different, courage to be all that you've saved us to be. Today, God, today, today, fill us with yourself we might be courageous. We need you. We're desperate for you. Cause the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.